Ons eerste gast op die show, op die finale vandag, is Joe Black. Joe, dude, hoe gaat het? Goed aan die hele manne. Lekker, ou, ek, John het net die buiten gesê, as ek koffie drink, ons moet iets vir die baard. Jy is op die baarde, sorry, ek het jou vraag gesteld. Okay. Um, ons is op die baarde, en jy is seker een van die dudes met die most epic baard, wat ons al gehad het op die show. Kijk, Lofie kom nabij, ja. maar ek denk, in Joe sy begin daar was het nogal flip en ja, ek denk Joe, ek denk Joe die baard, actually, um, reputatie gegeef, voor jy was al nie rarig, was baard nie cool nie, die hebben geen baard raad, toe is het cool, en het allemaal een baard. Ok, so wat wil uitkom is, wat het met die baard gebeur, hoe was die baard hier? Die, die baard is afgesneem, maar hy komt pad terug. Ok, gereid. Is jy weer op pad na een lang baard toe, wat is die plan? Doe, die ding moet hier so in volle pronk staan, jy weet, dit is, ek voel kaal, ek het om geskeer, want ek dacht is een great idee, en, Twee minuten na ek omgeskeer het, toe het my hele huishouding onder die trappe gaan wegkryp, want toe haat ek myself, ek haat my leven, ek kan nie geloof ek het my baard afgeskeer nie. Maar dit is wat jy sê, hier, vijf jaar terug. Ok, jy kan my interrap, een keer. Hier is my een keer. Hoe, 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 dit is so, dit is, dit is rarig so, dat is jou baard afskeer, gaan jou conference daar mee in. Dit is letterlijk, jy voel kal. Dude, ek het drie weke in die kamer geblijf, my kinders het my ook verlaat. Jy, jy voel rarig soos een hond, so ek vier, vijf jaar terug stap ek hier in die winkelcentrum, dan sien ek hoe point die mense my, asof hulle sê, yes, check hy ou so vieslike lang baard of iets. Toe skryf ons die album, word famous, en nou het ek kamstag die mooiste baard in Zuid-Afrika. Ek wil na al die mense toe gaan, en dan net so, jy weet, so in your face, wat point gau weer jou vinger. Maar nou ja, ek, 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 Ik kan nie sonder baard, ek draal vir 10, 11 jaar draak baard, so daar is een manier wat ek om die weer gaan afskeer. Verbeel ek my, of as jy iwis met die baard soos in die top 100 of top 10 seksieste mans, is ek op die rechte pad hier so, help my uit. Huisgenoot, Sam. Jy is op die rechte pad, en jy is ver achter. Ek is toe met 19 sy mooiste man in sy baard. Met die baard, met die baard. Ja, maar dankzij COVID, Dankzij COVID is daar nog een vir 2020 aangestel nie, so ek is reining vir jou te verhoud, denk ek. Dude, laatste ding, van wat ek het daar, dat ek het jarig oorvat, het jy al, en ek gaat het kooien as jy het nog nie gedoen het nie, het jy al merchandise gemaakt, wat een COVID masker is, wat Bart friendly is? Nee, want jy moet omkoen, ek haat Bart draag, ek stap so met my heem, so in die winkel, en my Hou dan druk een imprint op jou baard, ek haad het. So daar is een business idee. So hierdie kouwe ding kan nou maak. Dis awesome op jou shout he, dude. Ons moet. Dis lekker om nie te wees, uiteindelik. Ja, jy sê, ons waardeer het so, ek wil net context skep, Joe is net een asshole geweest, dat ek gesê, jy mag om nie interrupt he. Ons het vooraf vir Joe gewaarski, dat John nou het een neiging, om mens het interrupt, halfway deur, ons sê dat. John nou, die vloer is jou net, dude. Skop ons af, begin hierdie chat met Joe. Wel, ek wil net eerstens 100% agree, hierdie masker story in jou baard is horrible. Dude, so, ek denk, vertel ons bykie, jy het nou, ons is so vannig gechat, jy het een restaurant, jy is muzikant, jy het een paar goe dinge going, ek neem aan net sêke paar entrepreneurial ventures, ook op die sideline. Hoe het COVID jou hanteer, hoe het jy gekoop, hoe het jy gefocus en hoe het jy jouself deurgetrek tot die moment waar ons vandag sit? COVID het my soos een rooikop stiefkind behandel. Ek voel, yes, man, ehm, Dit het so hard geslaat, ek weet nie, restaurant is toe nog, ek moes van my ander bezigheidsventures, want al my industrie is in 
is in een industrie, of al mijn bezigheden is in een industrie, en dat is entertainment, so die restaurant, en ek het een klankmaatschappij gehad, wat vir al die feest klank verskaf, en sikker goed is, daar goed staan in storage al vir 7 maanden. So ek moest ontsla raak van al die bezigheden wat nou eindelijk, uh, je weet, in jou kapitaal of in jou spaargeld ingevreed het. So ek probeer weer net focus op my muziek um, en be that guy. Dis al wat ek nou doen. Ek, uh, ek is in die proces om los te maak. Financieel het het seer gemaakt, maar ek denk emotioneel het het nog groter skare weet. Ons het oor jare opgebouw om te kom tot waar ons begin van hierdie jaar was. En soos ons nou nou genoem het, het gaan my weer 2-3 jaar wat om te kom waar ek was januari hierdie jaar. Sjoe. Yes. Ek probeer altyd in sikke situasies een of ander silverankie gaan soek en ek weet, ek, dis nie, dit is 100% nie altyd moendelik hee, maar jy het nou gesê, jy focus nou weer op die muziek. Um, Kry jy tyd in een busy schedule, soos a touring, jy tour die hele tyd, jy het shops, jy is op, op die TV, jy is op podcast, wherever jy is, kry jy tyd om net physically te gaan sit en te sê, nou skryf ek wat ek wil skryf en ek wil skryf vir stel wat my belangrijk is, En, en is dit ook die baie klein silverankie wat al is in COVID tijd, dat mens actually nou geforceer word om bykie aandacht te gee aan jou product? Ek, ek, ek wil nie myself dis nie, maar dude, ek was, ek was bezig met niks toe ek my eerste album geskryf het nie, en ek denk hy het 120.000 kopies verkoop, het yes. raak ek te bezig te gaan skryf ek hy tweede album, en daar is nou net een bewys, jy moet nie bezig wees, jy skryf nie so, wat wil ek daar nie lang gewijs wees. Nee, ek, Ek, ek het altyd in een jaar, dan boek ek vir my so twee of drie weke af, en dan gaan blij ek iwis in een berg, of in Magubas kloof, of in Kaapstad, gaan boek ek vir my cabin, en dan gaan ek met die tent om te skryf. Maar soos jy sê, ons het so bezig, ek kan nie weg om vir een dag nie, want tussen vrou en my twee dochterkies, en die bezighede, en al hierdie goeders, jy vat die grond nie. En die ene is in die muziek. Yes, ek, ja, ek kan nie denk, daar focus is amper last vir waar voor jy is, en waar vir jy nou is. So, ons, ons sal vandag een bykie uitkom uh, by klompstaf, sorry, die talking stick. So, hier is ons talking stick, ek en Louis het een probleem, want ons het erop mekaar ook die hele tijd, so ek hou hom vast, dat ek die volgende vraag kan praat, en toe gaan hy net in die wijs. Die talking stick om self op die show gekryd. Nee, nee, dit is jou nou nou, talking stick is jou nou, dude. Ek, ek wil net so vinnig aan die muziek raak, Joe, soos ek vir genoem het, ons het, um, ons het die amazing season gehad met die MK Owens, uh, ons het met Bauer gechat, Franswa gechat, uh, Lucinda van Melkter Commissie, En het was rarig cool om te hoor hoe die MK era gebloem het en hoe, die, hoe groot die music scene was vir al die in Potsche Stroom. Ek denk het was een naam Potsche Pop of Potsche Rock City. Potsche Pop Town. Belville Rock City. Allemaal chat nog daarvan. Die strip was vol. Anyways, dit was een great, great scene. En toe, um, toe ons gedink het om, toe ons dan by bykie naam beskryf en wie ons met chat en jou naam kom toe op, toe was die vraag nog ons op die tafel. Jy like rock'n'roll, jy die baard, jy die tattoos, jy die geskeerde jeans, jy boots, jy speel gitaar, jy het die absolute cool rock'n'roll 100% vibe and feel. Maar somehow het jy het recht gekry, wat nie een van daans, 90% van daans nie kon recht gekry. Franswa bykie nou. Franswa bykie yeah. nou, om op um, jou, jou jacarandas en highveld en commercialized spices, wat, wat meeste van die ouwens, it's frowned upon. Jy weet, jy so nooit voort en al daans op die goed hoorde. Hoe, was dit deel van jou strategie? Did it just happen? Was my part of the plan? Of was it actually just like, this is, dit is jou idee en jou concept? Ja, ek, ek geloof alles gebeur met die rede, want eerstens, ek is nie Afrikaanse sanger. Um, een van my beste pelle, ek weet nie of julle weet, Rowan Ash, um, Engelse sanger, wat nou fenomenaal oorseer doen. Ek en hy het band gehad vir so 7 jaar, en ons doen net Engelse songs, en toe word ons een aan raak gesien, en ek weet nie of jy dit ook kan sien, die belichting is dalk goed, maar ek 
ek sal 38, ek word nou 39, ek lyk jy dag ouder as 42 nie. Um, <laughs> maar die cool ding was, is ek wou nog altyd een rocker wees, en, en obviously bykie harder gaan as wat ek gaan, maar toe ons by een label gesign word, self my dood, jy moet Afrikaans gaan sê, want daar is nie, daar is nie soeets in Afrikaans, die stijl van muziek wat uitkom, maar dit is een sink of swim, jy, jy weet jy of het gaan werk nie, gaan, die, gaan jou Afrikaner, uh, jy weet jy, die ondersteuner wat hierdie deursne Afrikaanse muziek ondersteun, gaan hy hou van iemand wat skree, wat bariton is, wat soos een sopraan probeer gul en al hierdie type goeders. So ons het maar net gegaan en ons het die gap gevat en het bijdof. Ek weet in die eerste, in die begin wou ons soos Jakaranda, hulle wou nie skepe gespeel het nie, wat ek geloof, skepe noem ons ons spot oor skepe. Skepe is my enigste three chord song, want ek het geweier, ek het gevoel ek wil music vir die muse's maak, so hulle gaan my, hulle gaan my uithaal as ek een three-chord song uithaal. <laughs> maar dit, nou net bewys die grootste een is een three-chord song met die singalong vibe. Um, maar my harder goeders is, is alles in Engels gewees. So, maar, maar, jy, maar jy, jy het net, so ja, kom ons in die label het vir jou gesê, Raad, die soos het is wel hier moet doen, en jy het gesê, Raad, ek schrijf een three-chord song, en jy het sukses daar uit behal, maar Joe het nooit afgeweik van wie hy was, voor Joe Black wat ons vandag ken, ja, het van Engels en Afrikaans gegaan, maar ek wil ons uit by wat Jana gesê het, die tattoos is steeds daar, die baard is bykie ja. korter nou, hy gaan nie weer langer raak, maar was daar een gamble vir die label gewees, om te sê, cool, ons gaan hierdie full-on rock'n'roll look ou uitstuur in a pop business, jy kan sê jy ja. is nie, maar jy sing op die selle stages as daar dudes, so, die, die anhouds het al bykie meer highlights as jy, en stuiver jeans as jy, maar jy speel op die selle stages, so was daar ek helemaal vir die label, ja. en, en jylle het allemaal het gesê, well, we go for it, en goddank, als het afbetaal vir jylle allemaal. Wel, ek denk dat dit, weer, dit, dit was een massive gamble, dit, want um, ek, ek mag hierdie ouwens dis daarom, maar soos die Brendan Pipers met die six-pack, want daarom is hulle pelle, so hulle raak kwaad, ek dit sê nie. Hierdie ouwens is jong, in die industrie, eindelijk, jy kom met die school uit, en as jy een muse wil wees, is jy een muse. Um, waar ek het vinnig achtergekom, man, ek gaan nooit in die big leagues hardop is, so ek het gaan werk soek op die kant, en ek het maar nog steeds op naweke gegelewend as een muzikant, en ek doen my pub uh, covers, en al die type goeders. En toe heel per ongeluk, toe ek die gap kreeg om my eie flavor op te sit, en sê, oké, okay, die is wie ek is, um, toe het het vir ons gewerk, en ek, as mense my vrou waan skryf ook my sukses, toe denk ek, dis uit curiosity. Weet jy, dat as mense my gesien het, dadelijk judge hulle sê hulle oor hierdie ou, hy is van kop, ek my hele bors is vol tattoos, en my arms is vol, en hierdie baard en goeders. So jy het een indruk wat jy het, klaar opinie wat jy skep oor my, en dan eeuwenskiel, kom sing ek oor hierdie, soos dude, kom ons, help mekaar, hy tel mekaar op, is hier einde nie, weet het is, en is a positive vibe, met a bykie file distortion in die achtergrond, en drama wat blaar, en ek speel met a six-piece band, dit uh, is my vibe. Die ander ding is, ek denk die, Hulle noem het een character vocal. En dit is ook om mense onthou, hulle die eerste keer onthou wie Joe Black is, want my eerste music video was solo, ekke wat vir 3,5 minuut net in een camera vast kyk, so dat jy die baard, dat jy alles kan inneem, en sê, dis hoe jy die ou like, so jy gaan nie my gezicht vergeet nie. En dan die tweede ding is die stem. Nou as ons song nou speel, enige artist kan nou een nieuwe single drop wat ons nog nooit gehoor het nie. Ek gaan vir jou kan sê, is het Frans of Van Kout? Want niemand klink soos Frans van nie. 
Um, you can see if it's Steve Hofmer, Tien Jordan, Dozy, or what you call Mentalette, there's a distinct character in the vocal. And then there's a group of Mexicans that are half in, in a clear what FBO would say, where he is the DO, or is a DO, is a DO, I will not name them. You know what they fall in the line. So I think what what beigedraaid tot hoekom ons memorable geword het, is die feit ons like soos niemand nie, ons sing soos niemand, ons klink soos niemand nie. En, en ek is dankbaar daarvoor. Dis ouwens wat die rekening, dis ouwens wat die selle, so vergeef my as ek sê, die selle gimmick traai en ek nie recht krij nie. Um, en dis dalk, dit kom ons, dit, dis dan weer waar jou talents deerkom, en dis waar jou, jou type of songs deerkom, wat jy geskryf het. Maar ek wil by iets anders uitkom, jy het een baie koeder gesê nou. So, Jono ken my baie goed as die ouwe wat nie omgeef wat ek aantrek hier, ek trek my flaps aan kortbroek, ek het music videos waarin ek is sonder hemp, en ek is nou nie soos Brennan Piper geshaip he. So, ek, ek worry nie. Um, en toch is al baie keer mense wat iets sal sê, vooral as jy op een op, op, public platform is, en, en ek het nou al geuit, saam met hom, met ek baie chats rondom gehad, en mense deal daarmee, en jy sê wie wat, en die 10.000 mense wat vanavond die was, is al makkelijke duizend wat nie van jou gehou het. En, en ek wil kom met wat jy gesê het van, um, jy, jy het gesê, jy het een look gehad, en dis jou look, en mense het jou gejudge voordat jy opgegaan het. Is jou, ek weet jy het een sterk persoonlijkheid, en is het so sterk dat jy van die begin af jyself kon sê, screw die ou, ek gaan om vanavond verkeerd bewys, dier my muziek, en dis a positive message, en nadat ek gaan my ou wat, wat voordat het vir jou gesê het, ah, lekker baard, of lekker tats, het probably nadat jy het gekom vir jou gesê, hoor die dude, jy het vanavond my hele prentje verander, so, is ons ek een keisis, en eindelijk wat ek wil uitkom, is, is dit jou personality? Is jou personality net soos, cool, let's go, ek vraag jy vir. Ja, dude, ek, ek, sorry. <laughs> so, jare terug het ek al begin, um, aanbidding by in kerke, so dit is al 11-12 jaar, wat ek by verskillende kerke gesing het, en een van die grootste, hoe kan men sê, hy, pet peeves wat ek het, is om stigmas te breek, ek hou daarvan om in te stap, ek is op pad om my aanbidding te leid, en gewoonlik is er die ou oomies en die ou tannies, wat al klaar hulle pas al in my gesangeboekies uitgehaald het, wat weer hierdie dienst gaan hulle nie hele ding deersit, nie hulle berryboekies, na die tyd, wat hy ooms kom en onverskoning kom vraag, verstaan nou, en dan sê hy dan nie my eers sê, hoekom mismaak jy jouself so, jy weet, jy is so, so mooi sienkie eindelijk, jy weet, my maak <laughs> is die mooiste sienkie volgens jy huisgenoot, of wie ook al? Twee <laughs> jaar in een rij, dus. ek, ek sê die jaar in een rij, nog niemand het my tiara by my kom haal nie, so, <laughs> maar dit is, en ek denk weer eens in my muziek ook, as ons na dorpies toe, klein boere gemeenskappe toe, my eerste ding is, want my band is ook, doe, dat is rockers, ons is nie een orkest nie, ons is een band. So as ons uitslaat in het dorp, dan denk ons hier altijd, oh, kijk hoe kijk die mense vir ons wat ek op. Totdat ons op die verhoog gaan, die boodskap bring wat ons bring, en um, jy is na die tyd, vir ons trane af. Jy sê, dude, ek wil net gaan met jou relate, ek wil net gaan, ek, ek, toe jy nou uit sê, toe kom ons story op, 20, 20, 10, 20, 11, vraag UJ my om, um, so ek was a youth pastor vir uh, goeie 10 jaar, en um, by groot type mega church daar in Joburg, en um, UJ vraag vir my, hoe die, hulle het so leadership kan met hulle eerste jaar, en hulle wil ek by die ding kom lei, en ek soos nie cool, maar ons is die ochend het ons nog ons gewone kerkservice, ons spring die rek aan aan, die van my barrie sê, daai tyd uh, conquest, dat was het, daai thes, ons move Durban toe, ons kom al by die, dit is ons uit daai artikafee, winkelspreid plek aan, ja, 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 so, ons, ja, 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 
So dit is nou sondag, ons is nou recht, moet net nou lekker wees, ons is nou hier so, ons gaan nou bykie chill, en ek nou hierdie volgende twee weke, ek, die dingsnaam was Luca, Leaders Under Christ's Authority. Had ek nou twee weke van coaching en mentoring en challenging op leadership. Daai aand sê hulle vir my, nee, maar jy moet preek by die NG kerk wat op die ding is. Ek, is, ek het nie een boodskap nie, ek is in surfer gear, hierdie is type holiday, jy weet, movement. Maar precies dit, ek stap, ek, ek stap door, maar klim toe nie op die stage, en ek begin toe, met die gemeente, daai tyd, seker 200 mense, redig connect en chat, jy weet, maar ouwe mense, kom eens met die besalmboekies, maar jy kan sien, hulle, hulle gleer, hulle glier vir jou, soos wat is jy bezig om te sê. Anyways, wat baie cool was, oomie kom na die tyd na my, toen hy sê vir my, glo, jy rechtig in die Jesus, wat jy nou net oor gepraat, ek sê 100%, ek follow hierdie jou to, to hell and back, easy as that. Toe sê vir my, ek wil dan die my perception, na 55 jaar van Jesus verander, en ek krij hoenervleis. En ek denk, ja. dit, is, dit is great as ons nog steeds ons moet stigma's breek, en ek denk dit is miskien een cool volgende ding is, Zuid-Afrikaanse, Afrikaanse mense is lief daarvoor om te label, om te sê, jy is een ding, daar is niks meer tot jou nie, jy is daar een ding, as jy baard het toe zet, jy is net dit, daar is niks meer tot jou nie, jy is een familie man nie, jy kan nie goeie pa wees nie, jy, kan, jy is net dit. Ja. En die conservatieve denkwijse, so deel van die stigma breken, en, en ek meen, die mens moet een sterk identiteit hee, sterk persoonlijkheid hee, en dan moet die mens Elke dag, jy vind jezelf in een leadership position, waar jy consistently moet challenge, mense moet, mense moet groei, mense bykie moet stretch. Chat bykie met ons hoe jy oor leadership in vandagse day and age dink en hoe jy dit uitoefen. Nou, dis al die ander ding is, dit is as jy self dink jy is een leader, en ek het myself nooit as dit gesien. Ek, ek het dat rarig net, ek, ek, sê, ek sê vir mense, ek sê as een muse nie, doet, ek is net een ou met een moerse passie vir mense en die passie moet oorspeel in, in alles wat ek doen um, om jou net achtergrond te gee ek het jare terug een constructiemaatskapie gehad en toe word my twee dochterkies geboren en ek vang myself die ochend soen ek hulle en sê ek, ach daddy is so lief hulle en ek kan nie wacht om julle vanmiddag te sien en ek stap by die huis en ek kom op site en my eerste woorde daar is daar ek krijg wat neer of ek ruk jou kop af en ek jaag die ouwe en verstaan en dan werk ek tot 6 uur dan kom ek moeg huis toe En as ek voor die deur instap, moet ek so net so asemal, en hou ek weer my arms op, en hartelijk weer die kinders en spring my arm. En daai aand sê ek my vrou, ek wil nie hierdie drol wees nie. Ek, ek is bezig om my dubbel lewe te leid, want ek is hierdie moesenaise ou by die huis, en ek is een asshole by die werk. Um, en die ouwens by die werk dink seker, as hulle hoor, my kinders is lief vir my, en sê hulle hoe, want hulle dink seker, dis waar ek met my kinders praat, en my kinders sal my haat, as hulle hoor hoe ek met ander mense praat. So daar, dis waar my shift begin. Dis ook om juist be that guy het eerste gekom, muziek het tweede gekom, en nou uit dit uit, een ding wat ek geleer het, is ek het opinies oor baie goeders, maar my opinie is, soos een poepel, allemaal het ene nuister, en, um, so wat nou gebeur is, omdat ek een platform, maak ek dit nou baie moeilik, want nou het ek meer mense wat luister na my, en ek het meer mense wat wil hee, ek moet ook een spreekbuis wees, vir dit waar oor hulle passie is, passievol, is, of hulle wil hee, ek moet sê wat die wereld moet hoor, maar dit is nie noodwendig waar my passie leen, my passie gaan oor mense, my passie gaan oor vooral mans om op te staan, om te besef soos dit maak sak waar jy vandaan kom, jy maak sak wat jy het, hoe jy lyk, of jy reik arm dom is nie, jy is die beste gebeurgave van jouself en as jy daar ding snap dan is het wanneer jy al enig iets kan doen man, en nie omgee oor judgment van mense en dit is so ek, dit is wat ek rarig probeer is, ek sê, en hy by box van leierskap, is om vir mense te sê, wees net jouself, okay, maar nou kry ons pak sla, want 
alles wat ik nou doe, is onder scrutinie. Zoals so iemand mij vraagt, jou voor wie, wie ondersteun je in rugby? En ik is passievol voor rugby. Dan zeg ik wel eens springbokken. Want als ik vier of zeven weken rarig skree, dan verloor ik. <laughs> brand hulle my series op stapels, want ek is nie. Dit, my opa het van Natal rugby gespeel. So ek is een shock van dat ek kan onthou. Ons laat my shock, ons laat my shock. Dit is almost een tweede spaar. Ja, maar ons is almost een tweede spaar, ja. <laughs> maar, elke blauwbol ondersteuner, wat hierdie gaan ja. kyk, gaan my die brand. En as ek sê dat ek is een blauwbol, dan sê hulle jou verraai hoe kan jy nie van Natal geskreed nie, of sikke goed. So, ek het al gevoel ook nou, Ek reserve my opinie oor sekere goed is, want eindelijk wat ek doen, ons adres nooit die issue nie, ons adres die persoon. Want jy weet, en, en, en politisch, jy, jy kan gaan kyk in die reële klimaat waar in die wereld nou is. As jy een kant is, gaan jy shots van. Maar daar is elfde van mense wat jy ondersteun. En as jy aan die ander kant leeg, gaan jy shots van. En ek denk, al hierdie shots wat ons kry van die kant af, trek my weg van wat my eindelijke purpose was. En my purpose was om elke persoon wat ek vandag ontmoet, bykie gezonder te maak, of net bykie beter om homself te lig voor. Um, en ek, dit is leiderskap, ek, dit is ek, 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 ek wil nie een leader wees. Nie. Ek, <laughs> maar ek, ek wil vir jou ja. vraag, so is, is, in, in jou beroep, en in die muziek wat jy maak, denk ek jy word automatisch in een leadership rol gesit, al kies jy dit nie. En jy, die, die tweede ding wat jy genoem het is, dit is heavy scrutiny, en jy word gescrutinized vir dit wat jy sê, so jy dra a positive message uit, beteken dit, Joe moet betek keer twee keer denk, baankie saak wat jou rechte persoonlijkheid is, maar as jy op stage staan, moet jy betek keer twee keer denk oor wat jy sê, en wat er message jy portraai, gebeur dit vooral, hy het genoem, die Afrikaners, hulle, hulle, hulle het aan een visie, welk wat jy het. Dude, en ek, Ek is die domste muzikant wat jy ken. Ek ben muzikant, ons kan ons het tot vier. Dis a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Mense dink ons is slimmer as wat ons is. En ek het net van die begin af toe sê, ek luister, ek, eerstens, alhoewel ek passievol is oor sekere goeders, um, my muziekplatform, of my Facebook, kom ons sê my sociale media, was nooit een platform vir my om my opinie uit te voice nie. Want daar, dit is waar jy jouself oopmaak vir die scrutiny, en jy begin eindelijk oorlog onder mense. Simpel voorbeeld weer eens, ek, en hierdie is like my baie eerlijke onderhoud, ek is mal vir jou. Ok, so ek gaan jag as ek een gap kry, maar ek kan nie een foto post op Facebook van waak jag. Ek het het een keer getraai, uh, my familie het doodstrig, te gekry oor wat ek aan die rit doen. Dit is een simpel, dit is deel van my bloed, dit is Afrikaner, dit is Suid-Afrikaans om te kan jag en maar nou, eeuwskielik omdat ek jou black is, daar is klein kinderkies wat opkyk na jou toe. So jy moet nie rook nie, jy moet nie jag nie, jy moet nie dit nie. En selfs nou in die klimaat wat ons rarig nou en het is in my hart breek, my oma, sy is nou ongelukkig oorlede, maar my oma twee plaas aanvalle al oorleef die eerste een toe te laan een boom opgang, sy het vir 6 uur aan haar nek gaan, die tweede een toe skiet hulle, hulle wou haar skiet, maar my oma staf, jy moet verstaan, toe ek 14 was, toe ek, ek sê my twee enkels so in haar voete, tel sy my op, en sy gee my een loosing van haar leeftijd, maar die tweede plaas aan, gaan toe hulle uitgaan in die ou rugge pistool op haar, toe klap sy die pistool uit sy hand uit, maar hy skiet toe per ongeluk my opa in die gezicht, en toe kom hy en hy skiet my oma twee keer in die skouwer, Sy het oorleef, sy is een jaar later sy aan ouderdom oorlede. Ek is passievol oor plaasmoorde. 
So ek wil uitspreek, vandag was een harde dag vir die hele Suid-Afrika, of gister, en, en amal is emotioneel. Maar ek praat by, ek is die ou wat, ek wil die verskil oor ons gaan maak. So ek praat by moslimskole, swartskole, engelskole, wit, Afrikaans, ek praat met amal. En sodra ek my gewig achter een ding sit, sal die een groep sê, oor, so as jy vir dit is, is jy teen ons. Jy, jy kan nie vir alles wees nie. En dit is wat mense dan begin sê, jy is een rechte draadsitter of wat ook al, hoekom staan jy nie op? Dit is dit nie, terwyl daar mense is wat ek voel het, meer powerful voice as ek. En as ons klaar op hy voorfront, ek sal die onderwees en ek sal die skade probeer rechtmaak en die, jy wil die versoening, die reconciliatie om vir mense te sê, daar is nog hoop in die land soos hierdie. Dit is my purpose man, en dit is wat, wat ek elke dag vir my leven probeer doen. Dit is soos die meme wat die ouwe sê, as, as Joe Black byvoorbeeld vind, vandag, maar kom ons gebruik jou naam, so Joe Black, dan, dan sal al verhaardig mense gaan, ok, maar kom ons nie Joe White nie, of kom ons nie Joe Yellow nie, soos, maak ons ook wat jy sê nie, mense Joe gaan een issue hee met iets. So, yes, ek, 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 ek krij julle jammer, um, en, en al anders, ek, ek krij, ek krij, ek kan maar sê, jy is een leed, want jy is een leed, maar ek krij julle jammer, want die, jy maak jy self ook vir die public vir een goeie koos, en dit is jou werk, dit is jou inkomste, um, en ek dink die mense verstaan dit altyd, die mense gaan sit by een bier, beertuin, by een feest, en hulle wil net drink terwyl jy muziek maak, maar, dit is so makkelijk om te judge, want jy sit in een stoel met een bier in jou hand, maar, nie, ek kan jy, daar is probably nie baie mense wat van die stories het van jou oma nie, verstaan jy, so, dadelijk verander het die perception oor jou, omdat, omdat jy kan daar oor praat, en, ek, ons, ons sien jou as een leier, dis ook om op die show is, en daar is jy een leader, en daar type van format, dat, Jy kan praat oor stuff wat er jy deur is, emotional stuff, en jy kan mense's perception verander, en dit, dit is toch wat, wat die dus is. Ja, ek dink, Joe, jy het hierdie wat... Jy het hierdie... Sorry, dude. Tweede keer. <laughs> Tweede keer, dan interact. So, nee, jy het hierdie, jy het hierdie automatic level van, jy wil influence, hè, right? Jy, jy kryp om my influence te hee, want jy wil shape, jy wil mold, jy wil hee ding moet verander, jy wil hee mense moet vloer, was nog hoop. En, en om hoop te skep, moet jy, jy moet mense beinvloed om dit raar te gooi, en dit is fundamentally die eerste law van leiderskap is, is, is influence, so die natural is klaar daar, ek denk jou humility, in regards tot, jy weet, jy, jy sien het, ek weet leiderskap, leiderskap, precies dit, mens haar die woord, want, um, jy is een leier, maar jy is corrupt, dit is ook ok, jy is een leier, maar jy is um, communist, dit is ook ok, dit, dit is die leiderskap, as mens van leadership praat, praat jy rarig van huis, met compassion, met humility, met courage, met endurance, met, die, met great character, mense vraag my altyd, wat is sukses, hoe bereik jy die sukses, so as ek altyd, Halfte van die journey is jou character, die ander halfte is die achieve. Mense, ek het al soveel mense gesien, hulle begin een bar, of hulle begin een klein bezigheid. Next thing, groot kar, next thing, nieuwe vakantiehuis, next thing, jetski. Dus, dus immediately, ek is, ek is ek, oor wat ek het. En, en dis net die achieve, ja, ja. maar jy sien hoe die character by die venster uitgaan. Jy weet, jy sien hoe daar gecheat word op jou Franse gegeven. So ek denk, dit is die type leadership wat ons by jou observe. Dis nie hierdie classic leier net omdat jy titel het. Dis omdat jy daar craving, yearning, en passion het om te influence, te shape en rarig hoop in een land wat pretty dark is, nog te bring. En ek denk dit is cool. So dit is het op die punt. En toe is daar vraag tussen. Nee, anders... Ek, ek, ek is net een poepel van Pretoria Noord af. En ek sê dit vir Amal. Ek is... En dit is my boodskap aan Amal. Strip gauw, weer die baard af, asjeblieft moe nie. Dis <laughs> Strip die baard, strip die titel, strip die fame, strip die bykie inkomste, strip die stage. Kan ek nog content wees met wie ek is? 
of hart ek myself, hierdie, al hierdie goed wat ons so gein, soos jy sê, die 4 by 4 wat in die garaad staan, al uit, hoop ek dit om my beter te laat self oor my, voel oor myself, oor hoe ek wil hee, ander mense moet my sê. Ek denk nou aan pelle van my, wat ek nou al vir 10 jaar het, en dat het my geken, pre-Joe Black, um, daarom is nou nog my beste pelle, en dis die ons met werk, ek het nie nieuwe pelle gemaakt in die industrie, of, uh, jy weet, nou, jy weet, jy weet, jy weet, jy weet, jy weet, Ek het my koord pelle, want hulle is die ons wat my accountable hou, wat vir my sê, doet jy is best om my asshole te raak, nou dat jy dink jy te duisend rand extra in jou sap of wat ook al. Want COVID het vir ons ook om wees, dit kan net so vannacht gestrip word, of nie True. net eers COVID. Oots, ek meen, besighede waar ons ons gedink het, ons gaan geld maak, het ons actually al ons geld in verloor. Maar nog steeds, bly ek die selle man vir my vrou, sy like my nog steeds, ek hoop sy like my nog steeds, want my vrou like my everywhere, my kinders love my, en my kinders noem my nie Joe Black nie, hulle noem my daddy, um, ek denk as jy daai ding snap, dat jy is die beste weergave, al hierdie ander goeders is add-ons, wat net jou leven, jy weet, bykie inkeer of opties gee, maar ek, ek sit nou so en dan, terwyl ons nou so praat oor die, jy weet, die skroot en die, en hoe jy hierdie public figure, in Suid-Afrika het ons nie celebrities nie, ons het nie paparazzi's wat ons rondvolg nie, jy moet een keer op Kuela of Sevende Laan gewees en dan bel jou ma, jy wat sê, jy is famous, of ten deel gaat sê jou nou bel en sê, jy het met Joe Black gepraat, ah, jy is famous, nee man, ons, <laughs> ons het nie daar nie, maar, jy beskielik saam met hierdie fame, en een bykie groter feitcheck, kom a fake sense of mag, power, dat ek stap iwers in en jy moet recognize en jy moet respect, want ek is Joe Black en dit, en dit is nie supposed en ek sien dit in die industrie um, een ding in die begin en ek denk dit is daar baie hoogmoedig gewees om te sê ek en Rowan Ash sit een dag en toe net voor ons ons contract geteken dus ek doe, ek weet nie of ek in die industrie wil wees, en ek is a gospel singer, um, alhoewel ek a rocker is hoekom dink jy gaan ons, nou ons gaan in die kroe weer sing in nightclubs en al hierdie goeders, toe sê hy vir my, doe, dink jy ons het hierdie kontrakte gekry, so dat die industrie ons kan beinvloed, of dink jy ons is ingesit om die industrie in die ja, impact te doen. En, dis weer eens, soos ek sê, ek het nie gedink, ek is God's gift to the, uh, jy weet, to music, en nie. nou gaan ek impact maak nie. Maar ek het gedink, waar ek gaan, sal ek een pad, as ek bande bou met ander muzikante, ehm, um, is dit my mission met hulle, en ek het die voorig, daar is so 6-7 muzikante, wat ek nou al half close aan my het, wat ek alles, van hulle financies, wat ek hulle sê, kom ons gaan beleef, of gaan praat met hierdie makelaars, en al hy goeders, het jy meer die sin plek, het jy al hierdie goeders, ok, sit nou geld weg, want jong leidies is nie supposed om die salaris te verdien, wat muzikante verdien nie, so ek probeer die ons guide, nie om een beter career te heen nie, maar om aan die ander kant uit te kom en besef, jy is nie een tril, omdat jy wiskielik jou gesig op een poster het. Jo, anyway. daar is die punchline. Jy is nie een dik tril. Dude, I love it. Dit is, ek denk een mens wat, sorry, ek chip nou nie geweer, nee, laaste keer ons ek klaar, maar, cool. een mens het een, ongelukkig, ongelukkig is dit, um, omdat jy sekere, en die ding is, social media play een moest rol daar, want, all of a sudden is jy a sekere, ek het a sekere perception, ek hoor en sien wat ek wil hoor en sien, based op die filters wat ek my groot gemaakt is. So as jy iets op Facebook of Instagram of op, op TikTok is of wakkel, dan begin ek a sekere ding perceive. So ek denk, klaar, ek meen ek het a sekere um, idee gehad van hoe hierdie conversation sal gaan, 
en ek meen, jou opening statement het daar jylle ding by die deur uitgegooi. So ek dink, dit is fundamental en crucial, dat die mens so honest en brutal is, en sê, dit is truly wie ek is. En ek dink, dit is, dit is een groot ding, hoe werk ons met jong mense, hoe connect ons rarig met jonger millennials, praten van die nieuwe millennials, wat alles is Instagram, alles is filters, alles is, ek het die, ek meen, ons het een foto gesien van die chicken en die dude, hulle leeg op die beach, dit like so cool, hulle is op vakantie, terwijl ons allemaal sit en werk, meantime, leel in een sandyard, waarvan op bouwmateriaal geraai word, maar hulle het alweer net die sand afgeneem, en anhoud achter hulle gestaan en dit afgeneem, en duidelijk gewees, hulle leeg op een sandyard. Dit is so artificial, dit is so aangeplak, en dit is so veel bullshit, so hoe bly mens honest, hoe bly mens real, hoe bly mens relevant, um, as dit die as dit die norm is. Uh, ek, ek wil het sommer, jy moet be that guy hier inbring, um, en, en dalk by Jano aansluit, wat hy nou sê van, hoe bly mens real, en vooral jy wat graag met mans wil praat, hoe bly mans real? Real en honest, ja. So, my, my groe ding wat ek, en die is Jenny, en ek, ek denk al, da, daar is al vir hoe lang, hierdie een vraag van, why? Ok? Daar is een boek ook, wat ek nog apparently moet lees, en ek het het nie eens geweet nie, maar, Know your why. Simon Sinek. Okay, so, da, wie? Simon Sinek. Dankie, dankie, want ek het nog iets gehoor van die ding. Maar eerstens, know your why. En tweedens, toe ek nou begin daar en denk van, hoekom wat, hoekom wil ek doen wat ek doen? Hoekom moet ek doen? Al hierdie goed is, hoekom wil ek het doen? Toe besef ek die eerste ding is, 90% van elke besluit wat ek nog ooit in my leven gemaakt, gemaakt het, is gebaseer op wat gaan die mense sê. Dink, die, die kansen wat jy nooit gevat het nie, was oor wat gaan die mense sê, dat is nie oor dat jy gaat teleergesteld wees in jyself nie. So my groeding is honesty met jyself, ek is nie bang om vir jou te sê, dude, ek het my gat al meer gesien as wat ek sukses bereik het. Ek het al, as jy dink, Joe Black, oh, ons het nou sukses, ek is 39. Voor 39 het ek al, ek dink, vier keer bankrot gespeeld. Uh, en oor die 20 werke verloor wat ek gefeir is, omdat ek dronk by die werk op dag of sikke goed is. Daar is een hele back-end story, ja, lang stories, man. Preach! Seel die jaar drug addiction achter die 39 jaar. Daar is, ek is uh, my eerste keer gearresteer vir dronk op straat toe ek 13 was. Daar is een drank verslaving tot op die ouderom van 25. So daar is hierdie, hierdie, hierdie hele story wat opbak. En nou as mense sê, oh Joe Black, dit is so great om die jou te ontmoet, dan moet ek hulle net gaan afbring en sê, ok, luister, dude, ek sê het een poepel van Pretoria en wat onthou, ek, ek het ook issues, man. Selfs in lockdown, terwyl ek sin, bring die hoop weer terug, het my vrou vir my gesê, jy moet die dokter gaan sien, want ek dink jy het depressie. Verstaan jy, dit, dit is realness, want jy kan nie die heel tyd hier die front opsit, en dit was my real. Joe Black, my naam is eindelijk Joe Engelbrecht. Joe Engelbrecht en Joe Black, mag die twee entiteite wees. Doe dit met die selle ouwe wees, so ek nooit hoef te act nie, ek hoef nooit te feis op te sitte. So Joe Black is nie hierdie, bring die hoop weer terug nie. Dis Joe Engelbrecht. Joe Black emphasize het net op een groter platform. Um, en nou is ek op my plek, en dit het my paar jaar gevat, want in my twintigs, as my pel sê, hy het GTI gekoop, dan is my mission om die volgende golf 6 GTI te koop, net om Ek wil relevant, want wat gaan die ouwens dink van my, as ek met my Mini 1275 by my 10-jarie in die aankom? Ek gaan nou weer vir my, my vrou het gesê, ek mag een opbouw weer vir myself. Ek Mooi, kan nie, dit was my eer. So, ek dink wat, en ek kom met maturity. So, dit is nou lang intro gewees van, hoekom doen ek wat ek doen? 
So ek gaan terug skole toe, en ek sê vir die kinders rechtheid, ek sê hy, luister jy so, ek gee nie om of jou naam Joe is nie, is irrelevant, maar ek is vandag hier om vir Joe te kom soek. Ek soek Joe wat 13 is, wat gedink het, hy is die groot meneer in die laarschool, en toe kom hy in die hoerschool in, en onder peer pressure om te down, hy is die eerste bottle vodka, om vir die ons te wees, hy, hy, hy is een man, hy ou wat sy eerste sigaret aangesteek het, alhoewel ek, nou 25 jaar later so spuit is dat ons by eerste trek gevat het. Jy weet, sikke goed is. Om wat het besees is, ek wende en ek is swak. Ek het gister my meer verloor met my vrou, want ek het een 2 meter vistank gekoop en my vrou haat visse. Maar, this is who I am. En om vir kinders dan selle, want ek meen, kinders vriek uit by die school, as ek al instap, neem hulle foto's saam met my, en hulle wil my aantekening, en dan sê ek soos jy weet, die bank gaan eers hierdie, hierdie autograaf, hulle wil nie een autograaf heen nie, hy dink is niks werd op die omdat, die kou het my te hard gesluit, en hier kom jy, en dit is vir jou grootste eer, jy wil hier, ek moet op jou school heen teken, ek probeer het so downplay om te sê, soos my, ons is die celebrities nie, my werk, ek sing vir geld, maar my purpose, en my calling, is as ek die wegstap, gaan elke kind weet, dan overachieve in die sens om ander mense te impress nie. Impress jyself, weet wat jou capability en doen net jy. As jy jou doen, gaan jy die suksesvolste mens op aarde wees en weer eens nou, wat is sukses? Praat ons van geld, Hiesel, of praat ons van die feit, want ek kan jy nou sê, na lockdown het ek nie een cent nie, ek jy baie skuld, maar my vrou en my twee dokterkie sit aan ek aan die deur en hulle kan nie wacht om my my die deur uit te kom. Die honde, as ek nou uitgaan, hy sterte maak soor, dis vir my sukses, dat na my turbulations, die pad wat ek gestap het, die die laaste sê, 19 jaar, is hulle nog steeds, my vrou en ek is al 15 jaar saam, sê het my nog nie een keer geloos nie, toe ek op my armste was, my rijkste was, my feimeste was, wat ook al, sy stiks ook nie, want sy hou van wie ek is. So strip al hy goeders weg, as ek net hy koor kan hou, ek is suksesvol. Jo, is epic. Yes dude, daar is amazing, and the message, so, I want to summarize what you said, and he message in Galatians 6 verse 4 to 5 and said it, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Sink yourself in the, into that. Do not be impressed with yourself and do not compare yourself. And he said, no, but do the creative best you can with your own life. This letter, like, what you know, said, dude, sir, I summarize. Ons kan vir Ire chat. Nee, ons kan. Ons kan aangaan oor die scrutinie. Ek het ook een sienkie wat nog gebaard moet word vandaan. Nog in die bed kom. So ja, soos ek sit hier, ek sikkel om die muis nog te raak in situaties. En ek denk die stap wat jy vanavond nog raak het, dit is so real. En dit is, ek denk, ons het die hele seizoen, ons het 10 episodes nou gehad, en die hele tijd sê ons, ons word inspired. En vanavond voel ek nie, ek voel ook ek is inspired. Don't get me wrong. Maar ek voel, Dit was een van die most real conversations wat ek in een baie lang tijd gehad het. En dit is een ouwe wat ek nie ken nie. Dit is een ouwe wat ek op TV gesien het. Dit is een ouwe wat ek op stuis gesien het. En ja, ek denk, ek denk nie jy met jouself short sell as a leader nie. Want ek denk, jy die ability en die personality om as a leader oor te kom al denk jy, jy is een poepel van Pretoria en die wet. Maar ja, jy is super inspirational. So, moese dankie dude. Ja, jy, ons waardeer jou tyd. Flip, ek weet, ons gesikkel om die hand te kry, want het is een tough tyd in COVID en jy is so bezig met Flip my goeders. So dit is vir ons net een super honor dat jy jou gesê het en ja, dankie. Dankie vir die geleendheid, dude. En, ok, buiten Lofie, was daar Anna ouwe al met baarde op die baarde? Hanu van Nero was op, hy het so'n klein baarkie gegroei al, hy het om begin groei. Jakko van Bitter Einde het een bykie gehad. Ja, Bouwer het so'n bykie baamflaf gehad. 
Ja, Bauer het sikke, hy het sikke redelijk decent gehad. Ons soek nog een goal met die baard, ons, ons probeer, maar die hand het een mooi snorkie gehad. Ja, ja, ja. Die hand het gesê, kijk as jy mooi kijk, nie my snorkie. Nee, hier is ons laatste episode, jou dag nie. Hoor gauw, net so op interest, ek sê ek die poepel van Pretoria Noor, doe jy nou Hanno noem, Hanno was my hoofdseer. Doe, da's, da's, Hanno is die jonge broer, Emil die jong, ek en hy is buddies van school af, Charlie van Beeskraal was van die noord af, da's soveel talent, en ek dink dit is omdat ons so nabij in die rioolplaas is, maar da's iets in die water, wat maak dit, al die music en al die muses kom uit Pretoria Noord uit. Ons is nie slim nie, maar Jesus kan music maak. Waar is die moed? Is dit ver van julle af? Hy is net achter die berg. Ja, want dit is wel pietjele, wel is ons van die moed af, so van plets. Ja, ja. So dit is dan uit jou al, dit is alle moed. Dude, maar baie, baie dankie, ons had hierdie tijd en ja, good luck met die family en good luck met COVID, ons hoop ons stages kan oopmaak, dat jy weer kan terugkom op stage, en do what you're good at, en een bykie potjo stroom te breng. Ja, asjeblief, kom keir weer. Asjeblief, asjeblief. Dankie jy, ek wat dier jy dit tyd. Ons wat dier jy dit tyd, lekker aand vir jy, Jai, dankie. Shadoot. Cheers. Hai. Ons tweede gast op ons finale vanavond is John Steenhuizen en die hele seizoen beloof ons al dat daar kom iets groot en elke week sê John nou, ja jy sê vir die mens dat ek kom iets groot, maar ons het nog nie iemand groot gesien op die shows van hierdie, van hierdie stature nie. Finally het ons John Steenhuizen, should we call you mister, should we call you sir, should we call you honorable, I know that's what they call you in the parliament, what do we call you, is this John? Just call me John. That's awesome. So, so is that your is that what your your family calls you? What does your kids call you? What's what's the nickname for you? Everybody calls. Ah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So, John, thank you for being on the border. This is this was a great first time you did. It is on season finale, and yeah, we had we had the first time to be friendly with with Joe Black to chat about bad leadership stuff. And I know John has talked a lot about the leadership that I've seen from you. And I think that's what we want to touch touch base on today. The type of leader that you are, the type of leader that your party needs at this stage, and especially where leadership is in South Africa. Um, I, I think we're we're in a we're in a tough climate, um, but, but yeah, you, you're the you're the specialist in that, and you can tell us a bit more about that. So I think let's start off. Um, tell us just a bit about your journey to where you are today. Um, I, I watched an interview last night, and and you had a, a good slap back about your studies to the parliament. So, so I think that will be exciting to start somewhere around there and where you are today. I think the floor is yours. Great, well, thank you. And thanks very much for the opportunity. It's wonderful to be with you today. And I value the opportunity. Thank you. Look, I mean, I started my journey in politics really young. Um, I started helping out with the Democratic Party in my neighborhood when I was still at school. And I got involved in helping our local candidates in their election uh, efforts and delivered pamphlets on my bicycle and and the like and then eventually you know got more formally involved through the branch and then um in 1999 the local councillor got elected to the provincial legislature and there was a vacancy on the durban city council and i was 22 years old somebody said why don't you put your name forward i said well you know i'll put my name forward and and hopefully i can uh, you know have a use it as a learning experience and i ended up winning the nomination and went on to win the election 
I was a city councillor for 10 years in Durban. I served on the executive committee there. I led the party on the Durban City Council. I went to the provincial legislature. I served for a few years there, uh, again, as the leader of that party there. I then came to parliament and essentially had to start on the back bench and work my way up as an ordinary member, a spokesperson, a whip, and then eventually uh, I became the chief whip. And then when uh, our leaders walked out last year, um, you know, this is a cause that I've devoted the better part of my life to. And I wasn't prepared to just simply, you know, leave things as they were and, and to walk away from the cause. And so I stepped forward and said, you know, I'm going to lead and, um, and I'm not going to let the work that I and other people have done over decades go to waste. And South Africa needs an alternative to the ANC. And, you know, we are determined to provide that. Um, it's been a tough journey and I've learned a lot and I can tell you I've learned um, you know, a, a lot on that journey and I've got a lot of experience. Um, I, um, I studied uh, uh, politics uh, to third year level, I studied international politics to third year level. I never finished, uh, but uh, I just really think that politics is not something you learn from books. Politics is something that you feel. It's being able to have a connection with people. And it's about being able to bring out the very best of the people in your leadership team to achieve a common set of objectives. That's what leadership's about. And um, I've had a lot more learning on the job, uh, learning in the trenches and learning under fire than uh, I think any book or module would ever have taught me about politics. Sure. John, if look, that's brilliant. I, we've got to get a little bit back to that. I just want to know, if, because I think what we see on Facebook, what we saw with the Corona, what, what I saw with Corona cast, what we see when we watch YouTube is John Stenhouse and he always got blue on. You're always busy battling someone, fighting somewhere, trying to fight whether it's water burst pipes or whatever. So I want to know the following. When you get in your car and you drive to the airport or to the next destination, what music plays when you do that? What do you put on? What, what is what is John when he just listens to music? What is your vibe? So I've got quite a very wide range in, in music. Um, I tend to prefer rock and roll to, to pop and, and the like. Um, I really, you know, I enjoy local artists as well as international artists. I like classical music as well. So it depends what sort of mood I'm in. My general default though is to REM, Rolling Stones, uh, nice. Crowded House, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and on the local scene, I'm a huge fan of Onu Carsten. I think he's a really talented uh, local uh, singer and I think that that his music really I think inspires me as well particularly when there's times that you're feeling a bit low you're able to sort of put on a, a you know a good Anu uh, cast and song and and, and you know, get your spirits back up again that's Very cool. all so, Very so, cool. so yesterday uh, John told Joe that uh, we 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 have in common rugby and rock music that's it so you are in Cape Town from Durban Let's go there. Who are you supporting? <laughs> you have the Western Cape, so I guess you should say Western Province, but if your roots are with the Sharks, uh, where is your rugby loyalty at this stage? No, I'm an absolute out-and-out -out Sharks. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I was born a Shark supporter. I'm a dire Shark supporter. Uh, you know, I still Durban and KwaZulu-Natal I regard as my home, and my family are all up there. And, uh, you know, I was there for 11 days um, over the course of the last uh, few weeks. And uh, yeah, it's Sharks forever. Nothing can beat uh, watching a, a great Sharks home game match in Durban and the gears that goes on afterwards. Brilliant. Uh, Talking about uh, a home game, in, in 2017, I picked up Jono one morning, I think at four o'clock, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the Curry Cup final 2017 Sharks Western Province. We're, we're massive Western Province fans. And we, we literally drove four o'clock. We drove to Kings Park, watched the game. He was working until two o'clock, I think, the morning. So he was sleeping halfway through the game. <laughs> Half time, I woke him up like, you're at the Curry Cup final. And the Western Province beat Sharks that year in Durban. The following year, I went down again to Newlands to see the Sharks play against Vietnam again in the final. And the Sharks beat Western Province at Newlands. So that was incredibly sad for me to sit on Newlands, but yes, it's good. We we told Joe as well. I think our second team is always the Sharks. Yeah, I think that's like that's like South Africa's second team is the Sharks. Yeah, it's a great brand, and you know they do a lot of marketing, and uh, you know they really make their fans feel included in the process and the like. And it's always great, you know, going to 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 watch them and to, to when you can you know fit in a good game every now and again. It's, it's also it's also good. John, uh, something that I've never understood, and, and I've, I, I haven't actually put in the effort to understand it, so it's just me being lazy in this one. But uh, to, a little bit more serious, what is the actual role and duty of a chief whip? What, what is what is their, what did they do? Because I mean, I, I saw when you were chief whip, uh, when you were still that, and I know the, the lady with the blonde hair, with the funny surname, she's the one now. What is the role of a chief whip in a party? I would like to know that. A little bit of history, um, you know, that obviously comes from the Westminster British parliamentary tradition, which most parliaments around the world are based on. And it actually emanates from fox hunting. Uh, when you went fox hunting, you would have what were called uh, whippers in. And their job was to keep all the dogs moving in the right direction after the fox. So they would generally crack a whip on the side so that the dogs would, would move in, uh, in the right direction. And that's essentially the job of the chief whip is to keep the team moving in the right direction and they're responsible for discipline for strategy and tactics within the house uh, obviously setting up the program of uh, of the house and ensuring that dear members are attending to their responsibilities and like and essentially keeping the hounds moving in the right direction so that's what a chief whip does sure. okay. so with that in mind we our show is called the Baldrock relevant and we want to get relevant especially today and, and and corona hit us all very hard and i i guess it happened the same with the political parties and some political parties literally kind of disappeared for six months mm. um and and we kind of forgot about them and certain things happened and all of a sudden they were back and they were making noise and um i, I think my question is what is the relevance of political parties in this day and age because we we live in in uh, in municipalities where we basically do the, the things ourselves to take our black bags to the dump site or to fix our lights in the street. Um, so what is the relevance of a political party in this day and age? Are you still representing people from a DA's point of view? Or do you think there are just parties that's going to get lost in the system? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I think that not, during the coronavirus, we saw more than ever before why you need uh, political parties keeping an eye on government. And, you know, the, I, don't, I think if the DA hadn't been there, I think the free for all that had happened, it would have been far worse and, and far it would never have been exposed. So we've used uh, the uh, course of the coronavirus to exercise oversight, but also to be able to put on the table alternatives to where we felt the government was failing, whether it was our smart lockdown model, our blue book, um, our uh, COVID action plan for an incapable state. We were critical of government's approach, but we were very constructive in putting on the table workable alternatives. 
The reason uh, and the examples that you give there are precisely why we need political parties as well, because you shouldn't be doing all those things yourself. And if you were to uh, live in a DA-run municipality, uh, any one of the DA-run municipalities, whether it's in the Western Cape or Kalting, service delivery is far higher than anywhere else in the country. And those basic services are being done by the municipality that should be doing them. Ratepayers pay for services and they're entitled to receive efficient, effective services. And the collapse we're seeing in many, many municipalities is precisely because you've got the wrong parties that are in charge uh, of the administrations there and uh, they're, they're not doing what they need to do. And so that's precisely why you need parties to be able to challenge for power and to be able to offer an alternative and hopefully get enough support to uh, bring the governing party under 50% and bring change to that municipality. And where we've been given the opportunity to govern, we've been able to really change people's lives. We haven't spoken about the better life, we deliver it. We don't speak about clean, accountable government, we deliver it. We don't talk about better services, we deliver them. And that's not our propaganda, it's government's own reports, Auditor General's findings, uh, service delivery uh, reports, uh, departmental reports all show that uh, where we govern, uh, life is better for many more South Africans. I want to tell you a story and then I want you to comment on that. So I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Mossel Bay two weeks ago, the country's number one uh, municipality, okay, DA run. And I, I took friends along that's, that's from the Northwest and, and we are ANC driven in, in, in probably all of our municipalities here. And um, we, we sat in the street one night and there was one bottle lying in, on the ground. And I said, just look how clean it is. And the girl said, look, there's one bottle on the ground. So just hear the words, there's one bottle on the ground. And she justified it and said, she just saw the person walking out of the bar, put the bottle down on the ground. So at 10 o'clock at night, before that person walked out of the bar, there wasn't a bottle in the street. We can't confess about that in, in the places we live. So please comment on that and how we want to know how is it possible? How is it possible for a municipality to get that right? Chief Whip, pounds. Well, it's very easy. It's not rocket science. I mean, we're not talking about some magic formula here. First of all, don't steal the money. That's the first rule. Secondly, make sure you're hiring the right people to be able to do the job that's required based on their ability to do the job, not on the party membership card in their pockets. And then make sure that you're focusing on the right things as a municipality. The job of a municipality is not to organize soccer tournaments or tracksuits for councillors to go and attend Salga games or for these uh, you know, big Mbizos and Lechotlas that are used uh, as rally. The job of a municipality is very clear. It's set out in the constitution. It provides services, uh, creates an economic environment uh, that, that encourages economic development and job creation. Uh, and keep your community safe and clean. It's not rocket science. If you just focus on the basics, you spend the money where it's required to be spent, you spend less money on politicians than you do uh, on your community. That's the simple formula. And, and whether it's Mossel Bay, whether it's Midval and Kauteng, or whether it's uh, Kucha municipality where I was this week, the difference stands out and it's the the one golden thread through all these things it's clean accountable administrations that focus on their job not trying to enrich themselves enrich other people and to do all these fancy things that have got nothing to do with governance uh, and that's that's how you do it it's a winning formula and it's not just rocket science
So I think one you, of, you make it sound easy, John. By the way, you make it sound very easy. We, uh, <laughs> so, so we. No. Sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you this time. Yeah. Um, so it's. No, I can't remember what. My, <laughs> I was on my way with something powerful at, at one stage. Um, so okay, so this is actually what I want to come down to is. Obviously, you've got to be someone with a lot of courage and a lot of endurance if you look at what's happening. So at one stage, <clears throat> I've got three, let's call it Kairplaka, three bars or three restaurants, whatever you want to call it. Then I've got a mate uh, in, 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 in Joburg and Pretoria, and he's got three nightclubs. And then another friend of ours, they buy Loftus, he's got uh, the Volvotello there and he's got the Mexicana bar there. So we, we are three friends uh, and between those three friends, we've got 10, eight Kairplaka or 10 bars or whatever. And during lockdown, we were listening to what you were saying, and I was listening to what you were saying, and, and we were talking to each other as friends, saying, you know, we're not getting any relief packages here. There's nothing. I mean, we're pumping through millions through FNB or whatever bank, whatever we are, let's call it a bank. And uh, we, we asked for any any form of help, nothing. We worked out how many people work for us together. I mean, it's it's a big load of people that were sitting, they were crying, saying, Jono or the other guys. Uh, can you possibly help me with money? Because my kid hasn't eaten for four days. And I mean, we're human, so you're like, sure. But after a while, you know, because it was only supposed to be three weeks. So then it becomes two months. And then like you're running out of that sort of money to just help and help and help. And everybody, nobody can pay rent and nobody can do this and that and the next thing. And he has 10 pu public spaces just, you know, standing closed, uh, staff sitting at home. And, and the, I got frustrated. I, obviously, everybody got frustrated, but you really get frustrated. And then... You guys provide a lack of plan. It's there. This is the way we can move forward. This is how we can open up. This is what we can do. And then again, nothing. So how is it that you wake up? What sort of endurance? What sort of courage must you have dealing with the different parties that's in the country that, that doesn't want to debate you publicly or doesn't want to um, uh, answer a direct question from you? It always comes with these. It's actually never an answer. It's just like sort of they want to laugh at you, which I feel embarrassed for their part so many times when we check at it. How do you how do you get up? How do you fight this fight every day? How, how do you deal with that level of frustration? Because I just know how frustrated we were, and how our people battled. The few staff members we had. How how do you do that? How does how do you get up and do that? I think that's my question. Yeah. So it's a, it's something called the long obedience. You know, the opposition politics is a long obedience. It's not always getting your way. It's making errors, but never giving up, and just keeping consistently at what your goals and objectives are and just not giving up on them. So every morning when I get out of bed, my feet hit the floor, the first thing I'm thinking about is what am I going to do today to make South Africa a better place, to advance the cause of the party. And you've got to just keep going on and, and keep pushing on. And although the victories are few and far between, when they do come, they're very, very sweet. I mean, four years ago, I laid criminal charges against Vincent Smith in, you know, over the Basasa thing. Uh, I'm now uh, seeing that he's been brought to justice and he is now going to, to have his day in court. And, you know, I did what needed to be done at the time. You do the right thing. You go and you lay the charges. You keep the pressure up. And it's relentless. And it's something you've got to keep doing. Um, and, yeah, it's tough sometimes. Um, but you just got to keep doing it because you, you will get there in the end. It's about persistence and not giving up. Even though the going gets tough, uh, it's about just keeping your eye on the prize and keep moving towards it. This thing about the lockdown makes me very cross because I, I just see every day in the newspaper, um, coronavirus leads to job losses. I see coronavirus causes economic meltdown. It's not the coronavirus that did that. 
It was the lockdown that did that. Yes. And that lockdown was a terrible strategy used by government. And when the final analysis is done of the COVID-19 response in South Africa, I think there's going to have to be a day of reckoning for many, many people. You know, this is not Europe where, you know, you can, the large parts of your population can just lock themselves in and watch Netflix and fill their freezer. The reality for many South Africans is that they live hand to mouth, that we're already in a very deep economic problem going into the crisis. It has been made worse by government's brutal, hard, uh, you know, flat-edged um, lockdown. It's not a sustainable strategy for South Africa. You've got 13 million people who live below 990 rand a month. Many of them live in uh, either informal settlements or in small RDP houses. How on earth do you self-isolate? How do you tell somebody they can't go to work to feed their family? And we saw the desperate situations. I mean, yeah. it was best typified by that poor lady who was arrested for selling acha. And she said, you know, this is how I feed my family. If I don't sell acha on the street, I can't feed my children. And yet government just turned a deaf eye and then got itself involved in this power trip and and the like where they were telling us what clothes we could buy, how yes. we must wear them, yeah. what food we could eat, etc. Terrible strategy. And it's going, as I said, after the first three weeks, it's going to cause more loss of life than the virus itself. Mm. Poverty is the biggest killer in South Africa. It is behind our uh, disease burden. It's behind hunger and malnutrition. It's behind suffering and deprivation of many people. And you don't kill an economy and then think that, you know, life's going to get better for people. We've essentially killed this economy uh, in the most brutal way. We've cut off people's lives and livelihoods. And we're now facing the deepest economic depression in a generation that's going to require strong leadership uh, to get us out of the, the dive, the nosedive that we're in, and onto a new trajectory of hope and prosperity for the country. And, you know, I, I really get cross when I see newspapers and of course, politicians saying, oh, well, it's coronavirus that caused all this. It's not. Uh, you know, many, many countries went through this without killing the economy. Hard lockdown was not a viable solution for South Africa. And we're now reaping the whirlwind of that foolish choice that was made. Even under the, the regulations currently, I can't bring back my full staff. I've had these guys outside my, my venue after four years of relationship, business relationship, fighting with me and I said, but I can't bring you back. There's no ways to bring you back based on the lockdown, based on regulation, how many people we're allowed, all that stuff. So I, mm. I, I can't just keep everyone there. I mean, I worked it out, John, this is how bad the economy. So literally <clears throat> it's going to take us 19 months to get where we were in February this year. That's how far. So that means for the next 19 months, I'm running 50% staff, even less 44, 45% staff. And my other two friends are probably doing exactly the same because we're under the same regulations. So it is, that's what I mean, is that frustration you must deal with every day. And these guys just keep on making choices that uh, has a bad effect on us. We try and create jobs. They kill us again to do that. Then you've got all this red tape when it comes to business and entrepreneurship. You, you keep on running into walls. So you sort of keep it close to home and you don't spread way too far because there's too many, there's a lot of corruption and issues and problems why we sort of just keep it right here. And like I say, I can only keep half of my staff going. So the other 50% are battling. But I can only look after the 50 that's there at the moment. And your story is repeated hundreds of thousands of times over all over South Africa. You add to that the ridiculous ban on alcohol, which has lost government billions of rands of revenue when our country needs it the most. That 
you know, we need to, to rebuild and grow. And we've just basically poured billions of rand down the drain of a silly uh, ban on alcohol. And, you know, people like in Corsazan at Lamini, Zuma and others honestly believe that people stopped drinking during this time. They didn't stop drinking. No? Look, John, I'm not going to make you guys incriminate yourself. So I'm not gonna <laughs> no, but I literally had phone calls every. Sorry, I had phone calls every day from uh, locals, from regulars, from friends. Can I buy a box of brandy? Can I buy a box of beers? Can I? So, guys, didn't stop. They just got it in different ways. They didn't different stop. Methods. And all you did was forced it underground. And now government has got a huge black market on liquor, which they created. They've got a huge black market on tobacco. People are not going to go back to paying what they were for cigarettes. People are not going to, you know, go back to, you know, to, to the shops. That they, they found other ways to get cigarettes. And we've now got a black market of illegal cigarettes that is, that is, uh, you know, flourished at government's own creation. They've created black markets and cut themselves out of the revenue stream completely. Uh, it's just completely, completely foolish. But the worst for me was being told, you know, what I can buy at the shop to wear and how yeah. I must wear it. I mean, that is no, 19 that, huh? And this is what happens. And this is the fundamental problem in South Africa. And you can trace every one of the things that we've spoken about so far, you can trace to one equation. State power versus people power. When you give the state power, you give the state all the authority, you turn the citizens into slaves of the state and automatons that are pushed around and treated like, you know, that, that, that they serve the government. What we've got to focus on South Africa is taking power away from the state and giving that power back to people and letting people make their own decisions about their lives instead of being told what to do about the state all the time. And every problem in South Africa, from South African Airways to Eskom to our failing education system to our economy that's tanking, all can be traced down to that simple truth. Oh. If you want to see where the problem is, it's too much state power and not enough power in the hands of people. Spot on. Uh, John, you, you mentioned two things. You said uh, the loss of livelihood, the loss of lives, three things actually, and then poverty. Um, wh one thing I think uh, that's relevant at this exact moment and that society is struggling with, and especially men is starting to, we're starting to talk about it, and that's mental health. Um, yes, I, I, we know stories. Joe told us a, a very personal story when we, we went offline. Um, and Unrepertorious, the, the ex-Springbok play, they, they all are telling us these stories about how they struggled in some way with mental health, either them or people they know. And for a couple of years, men kind of couldn't speak about it. We were too afraid to speak about mental health. Too proud. Yes, too proud. And now we can. And this moment where we are sitting in now, I think mental health has got such a place in the forefront of how we live our lives we live to survive but deep down we're struggling with with our mental health because of we're not making money with our bars we we can't sell our alcohol we we, we can't buy alcohol we can't buy what we want to buy so is that something that you picked up in 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 in, in this time in the last six or seven months that's that's really somewhere on the da's plan of action is, is mental health a priority for you guys not only is it a priority, um, I've, I have an experience of, of this myself. I mean, I, after the last election, um, I've suffered very deeply from depression. And I didn't realize I was in depression. And you know, you're constantly told as a, you know, particularly men, ah, man, you must just have a beer with some mates and you'll get over it. Or oh, you must just push through, go for a run and the like. 
depression and and mental health are, are are silent killers in South Africa. And I think we've got to break the stigma in the country around depression, around anxiety. We live in a fast-paced world that puts incredible pressure on the human spirit and the human psyche. And we've got to stop, you know, this perception that depression and anxiety are show that you're weak. They're not. And they afflict the most powerful people in the world. And often the treatment is as simple as, you know, going to speak to somebody, getting professional help or medication. And it just helps to break the spiral. And it's been tragic during this period. I know of uh, two people who I know personally who they, it just got too much for them and they committed suicide. And, you know, you just wonder if they had been speaking to a professional, if we had you know, uh, managed to get help to them, whether they, and, and many of these people you don't realize have even been suffering from depression or anxiety or, or mental illness. So I think that there's a number of things we have to do. We've got, as I say, break the stigma. We've got to be unafraid to talk about it. And, you know, that's why I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. I um, have been treated for depression. Um, and, you know, I've, I've realized that it is something that I've got to, to manage and I speak about it, uh, you know, at every opportunity that people must get help. Don't go through this on your own. Secondly, we've got to make mental health facilities and access to mental health practitioners um, far more accessible, particularly to people who don't have medical aids. You should not be able to fall into depression or, you know, suffer unnecessarily just because you can't, you, know, you don't have a medical aid to see a doctor. And I think the state needs to take this a lot more seriously because we, the pressure in the country is going to get a lot worse in the next year. Um, people, we all know people are friends with you and I, our children are at school with, people we worked with, people we were at school with are going to lose their jobs, they're going to lose their homes, they're going to lose the ability to provide for their families. And, you know, we need to make sure that, that the state is prepared to be able to assist people uh, to beat the scourge of, of mental health. It is a silent killer and it's a silent killer because People are unwilling to talk about it um, as because they, you know, they see it as a weakness. Yeah. And we've got to talk about the problem, first of all, and realize there's a problem, we've got to talk about it. And then yes, we've got to make sure we can get people to find treatment for it. So let's get back to John. Let's get back to the leader that you are and the leader that inspires us and that, that we see in you. Um, if, if you put yourself in a leadership position like this, uh, is it a dangerous lifestyle? That's something that I've always wondered about politicians because uh, you don't have to tell us the real stories, but is it a dangerous lifestyle that you're opening up for yourself? Because I'm not the kind of character that's going to drop somebody in jail and putting up for a court case. I'm way too afraid. <laughs> but you spoke about the obedience and John has spoken about leadership. So is it a dangerous position that you put yourself in when you become the leader of a party? Look, I, I think it, I think any any position you put yourself in is dangerous. A cash and transit uh, worker is in a dangerous position. Someone who's running a bar, a nightclub, uh, you know, where you've got people coming in, consuming alcohol, that is a dangerous position. And you've got to roll with it. I don't have a bodyguard, I never have. I don't have a driver. I drive myself where I need to go. I, I don't have a security detail. And I often think these things are more a function of, of status and place than actual requirement. And I mean, I've said to, to friends and family, and the day I can't go to a shop to do my own shopping, the day I can't you know, go down to the beach or sit at a restaurant you know, without it, with having people standing around you, watching you, what sort of life is that? 
I also think it creates a disconnect between people and their politicians. And I think in South Africa, we are obsessed with, uh, you know, with these status symbols. The Dutch Prime Minister drives himself to, well, rides himself to work on a bicycle. Yep. The British Prime Minister uses the tube to get to and from places and you know, goes to shopping centers. Uh, the German Chancellor does her own shopping in a market on, on the weekends without any bodyguards walking with her husband. And so I think that, that we've got to break this culture of the big man who's got this huge security detail around him. Um, we spend more on VIP protection services than we do on, uh, on, on, on proper policing and providing security for the citizens in this country. It cannot be right that we, you know, we spend these hundreds of millions of rands on protecting VIPs when the very citizens who we're supposed to be representing are fighting a battle for their lives every day on the streets or in rural areas and our farms and 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 places all over South Africa. That money needs to be redirected. Obviously, if there's a real threat and you've you know you've got a threat against you, it must be looked at and there must be an assessment done. But we shouldn't by course have you know every politician with this blue light brigade and you know 10 bodyguards flying around with them and, and the like. You know, it's, I think we need to just settle things down a bit and and get back to grassroots about and you know understand that we are people and you're only going to understand what people are going through if you're able to mingle with them and, and interact with them where they are and so i've been in a few hairy situations but you know um it's you know, it goes with the territory and you just got to roll with it and, and get through it people it's true that you say people don't resonate with if you if you're a multimillionaire and you've got cars and beach houses and everything People enjoy it, but people don't always resonate. People resonate when you say, I didn't have food last night, or my car was cut off last night, or whatever, whatever. And what you say, and I think I, I'm a strong entrepreneur. I, I, I always, since high school, I've always pushed to do my own thing. And I've really, I've been lucky a lot of times, and I've failed more times than I'd like to mention. But I enjoy the journey of an entrepreneur. I love startups. We've, we've started up two or three things that's done well. This is a small startup that's grown into a few things. But I mean, I love the entrepreneurial world and what it is and when you speak of you know the billions and millions wasted on this or the billions wasted on that or now vip not now but vip guys i mean if if guys and i'm not i'm not saying this i'm saying this humbly but i mean if if i was to get a million rand now i would literally create 100 jobs by the end of this year guarantee i would guarantee it and i think there's guys that are much better and girls much better than me that can do this as well so I, that, I think that's the frustration that I live with when I live in South Africa. So I, I enjoy Potchestrom. I love Umschlanga. If I get a gap, I'm down to Adam Schloti, always having a blast there. Uh, not the biggest final fan of Cape Town because the sea's always cold, <laughs> but I enjoy the, the culture of Cape Town. They've got a mountain, okay? Like Durban coffee does. and stuff. I enjoy that. And, and you love our country and I love my buddies and I, I love what you do. I, I love the leadership we actually have. Like, I mean, the guys that have produced during these years, but you get so frustrated and irritated if you know this so much million being wasted and you're trying and you're fighting and it's sort of like wall after wall after wall i know winston churchill said this is a book quote and he said never 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 give up and, and i know that's what you do that's what i've done as well i mean a lot of guys i was i was anxious in lockdown i was uh sort of depressed and down and out and all that stuff and then you got your friends and they try and pick you up and so forth and you go okay let's try again and there's small little motivations but that frustration of money wasted when we can actually create 100 jobs that could feed 200 people that will build new houses and so forth and so forth. So, so tell us, John, let me ask you this question. We 35 year olds, 
you've got a little bit of influence in Potterstrom and wherever. What do we do as young leaders and entrepreneurs? How do we support and back you? How do we help build and grow this country? And and how, how, how do we do this on a daily basis in South Africa? That's my question. So the thing is that I mean I believe passionately that entrepreneurship and uh, and new startup businesses are the way to go, and that's why I wrote a op-ed last week that the best way for government to help our economy grow is to get out of the way. You know, yep, cut red tape, get government out of the way, and let business you know, flourish. And I also get angry, and it's one of the things that makes me angry when I see us spending 10 billion rand to bail out an airline like South African Airways that's never going to be profitable, that's never going to be able to, and that, that 10 billion rand, can you imagine if we put that towards a entrepreneurship program, seed capital for startups, we built innovative innovation hubs like they've done in Israel, uh, where you know, you've got exactly. collaboration between different uh, that's the sort of thing we could be doing then we're not keeping an airline in the air to keep 200 people 300 people employed we're going to use that 10 billion rand to unleash a jobs revolution in south africa that's going to employ hundreds of thousands of people and that's the solution and i really get angry when i see see that we're essentially going to spend 10 billion rand so the wealthiest five percent in the country can fly around and you know, at, at huge expense the taxpayers when an in, in a innovative startup itself could be using that subsidy to set up its own airline to be able to fly that's not involved with the state and we've seen the profitable airlines are the privately run airlines because they bring business sector efficiency and effectiveness in there so it's not saa who's getting people around not safe it's you know these these other small uh, airlink which has now been taken over by a small group of of business people as well and so oh, it really so makes me angry when I see that because it's, you know, I can tell you this, people don't want to live on grants. There's this perception out there that South Africans, you know, are always looking for the handouts and want the grants. When I speak to people who, you know, who, who get these grants, they, you know, they say it's humiliating standing in a queue to access these few hundred rands. Yeah. That's not what they want. They want a job. They want an opportunity to provide for themselves and their families and build something that they can help build a better future for their children and their families. That's what they want. They want opportunities. They don't want food parcels. I mean, can you imagine the indignity of being told, well, you will all eat pilchards or none shall eat at all. I mean, I mean, some people don't even like pilchards, but they said, well, that's a food parcel. Let's rather give people, you know, opportunity vouchers, cash in hand to be able to start up businesses. And there's just so much we could do to unite the jobs revolution in South Africa. And but the one thing I where I want to really, you know, encourage people, there's so much opportunity in South Africa. That's, you know, this is not Europe where everything's been done a hundred times over. This is a land of huge opportunity. And we need to back our own people to be able to get out there and drive that change. The one thing you can say about South Africans, they never give up. And that is a motto that, you know, even when the going's tough, even when the chips are down and you think it's the end, you have Joel Stransky kicking over, over the pole, you've got... You know, us being pulling out of out of a out of an economic uh, recession. You know, we 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 always we always get there. and um, you know we've got to back our own people. We've got to back South Africans, and we've got to back them by giving them the power to determine how the future is going to unfold, and not leaving it to the state, which has failed us over the last twenty years. Big time. Last one from me, John. Um, so let's say any party in South Africa, any organisation for that matter. 
What is an exceptional leader in 2020 post-COVID? D-A-E-F-F-A-N-C doesn't matter. What do you want from an exceptional leader post-COVID 2020? We need bridge builders and opportunity builders. Uh, anybody can kick down a barn. It really takes skill and building ability to be able to build one. And South Africa needs builders now more than anything. We've got plenty of people on the political spectrum who kick things down and burn things down and want to damage things. We need builders. We need people who are going to reach across the aisle uh, to each other. We need people who are able to put aside ideology to reach out and join hands with people who we may not have joined hands with before to find a common set of solutions. I think that leaders now across the political spectrum need to be sitting down and saying, what are the 10 to 15 things we can agree on that need to be done in the next decade if we're going to get out of this low growth, high debt, high unemployment trajectory and onto a new one of hope and prosperity. And let's put aside the silly differences and things that artificially divide us, race, gender, geography, uh, tribalism, language. Those are things that artificially divide us. Let's put that all aside and let's work together to build a, a, a common future. If this country goes down, I can tell you it's not going to be a matter of whether you've got a white or a black skin or whether you speak English or Afrikaans or whether you're a Jew, Muslim or Christian. It's going to go down and we're all going to go down together. But we also can rise together, provided we reach across the aisle, find the wounds of the past, realize that, you know, we can't fix the past, but we can own and dominate the future. And that's what we should be looking forward to. Um, you know, we've got to, got to be future focused, uh, solutions oriented and absolutely committed to putting the interests of the country ahead of party and ahead of personal interest. Sure. That's powerful stuff. John, last question from me and then I think we're done. We've <laughs> taken so much of your time. We appreciate it so much. Why, <clears throat> where in South Africa, because uh, as a kid you grow up, you don't really care about politics or even about church, or even about school. You don't care. You just enjoy life. And as you grow older, you start realizing what's important and what that actually the political party that that's in charge has a big effect on your business, your livelihood, your family and all that stuff. Where did it stop um, where a guy like you get on a platform and someone like the president gets on a platform and you guys have a public uh, TV, YouTube, whatever debate on matters because I mean then you throw stuff and, and stuff has to be answered I think what frustrates me when I look at the parliament stuff is questions are thrown out and it's just bypassed where did that stop or is that something that we can bring back is it where, where do we have power to sort of call for something like that as citizens it, that would be awesome to see you and maybe uh, the three four biggest parties debating on one stage so the citizen can see well that's the guy I want to follow you know yeah, I think that's very important and I think that there's huge opportunity in the future to have those debates um, going forward because we need to talk about the future of the country. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about, you know, how we build a, a better future for, for South Africa. Um, and it, I mean, the first thing that starts is involvement. You know, the, the thing that frustrates me is that often when you go to a briar or, or a dinner party, there's always that one person at the briar who's moaning about South Africa and says you can't wait to leave the country and if only had a passport for another country or the like. That's always the person I ask first, well, are you registered to vote? And when last did you vote? Mm. And it's always those people who say, oh, no, I don't waste time with voting. I'm not interested in politics. And my answer is precisely what you've just said. 
well, you may not be interested in politics, but politics is very interested in you. Sure. And it determines every aspect of your life from the tax you pay to the car, uh, the, the, you know, the car license fees you pay to the, the tax on food that you buy. And, you know, you can be involved uh, or you, you cannot. And if you're not involved and you're not actively doing your part by registering, by voting, by joining a political party, by standing for office wherever you are, by stepping forward and putting your hand up and saying, I want to make a change, then you really are part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. So we can have that and we can have so much more. Uh, we can have these public debates, but it needs people need to be involved in their communities, in politics, in the affairs of the country, because there's no use complaining if you're not voting and you're not participating. Exactly. You need to get, to get stuck in. John, I'm going to wrap us on a lighter one. John's got my vote. When, well done. <laughs> when you, when you, uh, when you take some leave, I know it's difficult in your position to take some leave, but when you take some leave, when you're on weekends at home with your kids, do you at least try and grow a beard, or is that something that um, that 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 you've that you've never tried? So usually I go to, to um, we you know, we often go up to Mozambique. And generally in the December holiday, I don't shave at all. So I'll have to send you some pictures. Oh, my, yes, beards are no, my beard is nowhere near as impressive as yours. Nowhere near as impressive <laughs> as yours. And it's a little, bit, a little bit more gray in it these days than I would like. But um, nonetheless, um, it's great not to shave. I hate getting up every morning and shaving. And shaving is an expensive habit in South Africa, as yeah. you anyone who's had to buy a pack of uh, Gillette razor blades would know. So um, I, I look forward to the December holiday uh, when I'm out of the public spotlight and I don't have to worry about shaving. It's my favorite time of the year. That's awesome. Wrap us up, John. John, this was probably one of the highlights of my life, personally. Um, I enjoy I enjoy watching you. I enjoy following you at the moment. I think one of the biggest problems is leadership. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a breath of fresh air to have guys like you and i hope our followers and our people have a better understanding of who you are where you want to take south africa you've got our votes and we just want to thank you for for this amazing amazing opportunity to have our good time we really do appreciate it thank you so much thank you so much and what a great uh, pleasure it's been to be with both of you today and thank you for the role you guys are playing and getting information to people and you know i think this is the wave of the future I think mainstream media is dying a, a, a slow death. Um, and I think this is the way of the future and uh, direct communication with people and uh, big ups to you guys for, for the incredible work that you guys are doing and being able to get information out there and getting people talking. You know, that's the important thing. We've got to, to keep, keep the conversation going. We've got to keep talking over the issues that matter to all of us. And uh, when that stops, that's when the real problems start. So well done to you guys. And I really look forward to the next time. And maybe we should do it uh, just after the December holiday so I can... <laughs> yes, please. That's a good idea. With a, bit of beard, with a bit of beard cred to take you guys on. <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome, John. Uh, thank you for your time. We appreciate it so much. Uh, go back to your kids. Uh, I, I know you're jetting off to somewhere else again now. But uh, enjoy the time. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our tabs on you on TV and radio and wherever. Thank you, John. Thank yes, so guys, much. and if I'm in Poch, I'm coming to see you guys. So um, you know, drop me a pin to those eight great bars uh, in town there. The last time I was there, uh, I think I came up for that for the festival, and um, yeah, sort of I didn't really get uh, get out to many bars, but I look forward to having a nice beer with you guys. We'll Good have stuff. Ice cold one waiting, John. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, John. We'll chat to you again. Bye. Bye. Bye.